Well, uh, we are approaching Christmas. Can you believe it? I, I like Christmas, but Resurrection Day is really where it's at for me, just so you know. The Easter Bunny's inroads to uh, Resurrection Day just don't seem quite as pervasive as Santa and his reindeer, Frosty, and American materialism. But I still like Christmas, and, and it's just a challenge to, to do it right. One of the uh, family activities that Ruth and I did with our girls was we would set aside a certain amount of money that we were planning to give away that year and then play a game with the girls before we exchanged gifts. Each would, everyone would get a stack of bills of ones and fives and tens, a few tens and twenties and maybe a few larger bills. And then we would put out these little notes that had the name of the different ministries or missionaries or organizations that that we wanted to support. And then once we had gone through and explained who they were, uh, we would then take the money and just put it on whoever we wanted to give it to and take turns with the bigger bills coming at the end. It was was made giving a family time. It was educational, and and it actually spurred a, a lot of conversations about missions and ministry and the gospel. Plus, it was fun. That said, the, uh, the truth is that giving, that that giving, and a whole lot of my giving over the years failed to include some of the components of giving that we are going to be discussing today. Components of giving that I believe will make your giving more meaningful. So before we get into that, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. <coughs> Heavenly Father, You have given us everything, including yourself. Your goodness to us is beyond measure. Help us to hear what you would have us hear today, that as we go forward, our giving to you will be pleasing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text is from chapter 26 of Deuteronomy, which is the the final chapter in this middle section of the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy means the second law or the retelling of the law. And this section, uh, 12 to 26, is really what gives the book its name. Chapter 26 concludes the retold law section with a reference to two offerings and a summary statement in which the people are again called to obey God's commandments. That that call to obey God's commandments includes a reminder that the people of Israel have previously committed to obey God's commandments. He's reminding them, you guys already said you were going to do this. And it included a restatement of the promise of God concerning the special place and blessing and purpose of the people of Israel. The two offerings are the first fruits offering, which is what we will be looking at in more detail today, and the three-year tithe offering that was intended to care for the Levite and the widow and the orphan, the sojourner, the disenfranchised. Before I read our text for this morning, though, I want to note something. As I mentioned, chapter 12 to 26 is a retelling of the law. 
That section starts with, and this is a quote, these are the statutes and rules that you shall be careful to do in the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess. God had promised the blessing before they even had the law, let alone could obey the law. The section ends with two offerings and a narrative that remind Israel of God's blessings and his provisions. The point. The law is set in the parenthesis of God's promise of blessing and the actual fulfilling of that promise to bless. Certainly, the point is made that if we do not follow the law, there will be very dire consequences. In fact, in this section, it even talks to up to being so desolate that parents will even fight over who gets to eat their children to avoid starvation. And that's how bad it actually gets. And certainly the point is made that blessing and even prosperity will be experienced if they do walk according to the law. The point is also made If they mess up and depart from the law, then turn back to God. God will forgive them and restore them and even bless them some more. But it all starts and ends with the fact that God blessed them. Even when they did not deserve it, even before they had done a cotton-picking thing, God and his blessings are the beginning and the end. And his blessings even sustain and can even redeem the middle. So before I get into this, I just want to point out what an amazing and kind and gracious God we have. The the offering we are looking at today is, is called the first fruits offering. Israel was commanded to make it annually, which was instituted back in Leviticus 38 years prior to this retelling. However, practically, they couldn't make this offering until God had blessed them by fulfilling the promise he made to their forefathers, a promise that their forefathers did not deserve, but God in his grace and providence made. For one thing, when the command was given, the Israelites did not have any fields, did not have anything to harvest. They were sojourners in the wilderness, and they would not have any fields or any first fruits until God took them into the land flowing with milk and honey. And when he did that, which he promised he was going to do, the first thing they were supposed to do after that occurred was offer the first fruits of that blessing back to God. Their response to the blessing was to take place at the beginning of the grain harvest, before harvesting any other grain, in the middle of the Passover celebration when they were remembering God's deliverance, God's salvation. With all that in mind, listen as I read this morning's text from Deuteronomy chapter 26, beginning with verse 1, going to verse 11. Hear the word of the Lord. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land, 
that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there, and you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my father, few in number, and there he became a nation. And, and we went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great and mighty and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us harsh labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil and our oppression, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and great deeds of terror with signs and wonders, and he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruits of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall then set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. Well, there are five steps that we see demonstrated in this offering, in this text that we just look at. First is God blesses. Second is obedience. The third is offering the first fruits while proclaiming God's blessing. The fourth is remembering and bearing witness to God's faithfulness. And the fifth is worshiping and rejoicing. It, it all starts with God's blessing. How easy it is when we are about to make our donations of money or time or, or whatever, that we often go through a process that sounds like this. Let's see. I have this much and I will give or I will return this much. We look at the account balance or the paycheck or the time in the week ahead. We do the math and we decide how much of what we have that we want to give. When we are doing this, we are really starting in the wrong place. And candidly, we, we need to get our starting place right and the thought process correct. The fact is that we would have nothing in our bank account or time if it were not for the Lord's blessings first. In fact, we would not exist or be able to breathe were it not for God's continual, ongoing blessing. I did not store up any air to breathe today or make the cells of my body work or invent my skills that allow me to earn a living. All of that comes from God. Everything I have is from the Lord. And, and since I belong to him, after he purchased me from being a slave of sin and death, at a price that I could not pay, the fact is everything I have is actually his anyway. That is where we need to start. 
The bank account is not mine. My time is not mine. It is his. If you gave a child three cookies and then asked that child to share one of them, the first thing that that child thinks is, these are my cookies. Not a moment before that, the child had no cookies. And he didn't earn or deserve those cookies. And the parent could take the cookies back whenever the parent wanted. How frequently we think of our stuff or our time or our money or our talents or our lives in the same way. The first principle of this first fruits offering reminds us that whatever we have, we have as a consequence of God's blessing. That's where we start. The second component of this offering is that it is done in response to a command. It is obedience. We present offerings because we are commanded to do it. Now, I know that we will all say that we also give for a whole bunch of reasons out of gratitude or mercy or whatever, and I get that. What I'm about to say will hopefully address that. But the fact is that we give out of obedience. The Israelites were told to do this, commanded to do this. You see, obedience is fundamentally a choice. It is a choice to do what the one who loves us and made us tells us is best. Jesus said, if you will love me, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Obedience is a choice. While we, we seem to fight against the word of obedience as if we might, must somehow begrudgingly do something we do not want to do or something that's hard or harmful to us, the fact is that obedience to God is simply the right and best thing to do. And when our hearts are in the right place, doing the right and best thing results in giving. And it's actually even an expression of love toward the one who has blessed us. Obedience is not begrudging compliance. It is not a burden and a sacrifice or something we do to avoid negative consequences. Obedience is ultimately an expression of love and thanksgiving and appreciation and will result in being closer to his presence and knowing even more blessings. Obedience is doing the right thing, not a burden, not a punishment. The opposite of obedience is disobedience. And disobedience ends up with all kinds of unpleasant consequences and shame and guilt. Obedience does not. And when we are obeying the perfect and loving and all-knowing God who intends for us good, not harm, when we are obeying him, obeying is not only the wise thing, but also the obvious best choice. But, and this is why it's called obedience, is we have to choose to do it, even if we might not want to. We need to choose to make the offering of our first fruits. 
The third component is to offer the first fruits while proclaiming God's blessings. One thing that can be missed in all of this is the sense of expectation that is underneath the, the first fruits offering. As we make our offering, we often will think of it as a deduction from our assets, from our wealth or from our time or whatever. We often think of it as a minus, particularly when we think of it as ours to start with. And now it's not ours. But that is not the mindset we are to have. When we recognize that all that we have is from God, all of it, and it is really his, and we are acting in obedience to the one who knows and has our best interest in mind, offering the first fruits is not a negative or a minus. It's actually more like the foam on top of a root beer float when you pour the soda in too fast on the ice cream. Have you ever done that? If you have, you know what I mean. You, you put the ice cream in there in the glass and you pour the soda on it and it starts to foam and foam and it begins to overflow. And you try to scoop the foam and the foam's good. But the real stuff is underneath the foam. The first fruits are the foam. And only there because of what's underneath it. When we offer our first fruits, it is with the knowledge and even expectation there is more to come. And it's offered first. It isn't after you have more that you offer it. You've harvested it and offer it before the rest of the harvest. Fundamentally, this giving, the offering of the first fruits, is an issue of faith. God had promised to take them to the promised land and had blessed them with land to plant their fields, all of which they did not deserve. And he made the grain grow and he allowed them to stay put until it was ready to harvest. And then before claiming any for themselves, they are to take the very first of it and offer it to the Lord in faith that God would meet their future needs. And when that offering was made, this is the fun part. The person making the offering was to say, I declare today to the Lord, your God, he's talking to the priest, that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. The person making the offering didn't say, this is my stuff that I am giving away. This is a minus. They were to proclaim this offering is proof of God's fulfilling his promise and blessing. The person making the offering is proclaiming that God has fulfilled his promise, and what he has is because God blessed him. Is that what we think when we put our check in the offering box or give some time or use the gifts God has given us? We should present our offerings, whatever they are, and simultaneously proclaim, God has blessed me. And this time, this money, this meal, this service is proof. The next thing is remembering and bearing witness to God's faithfulness while making this offering. 
with the proof of God's blessing right there in the basket before you and God, the person making the offering was to recount God's acts of faithfulness. And I love this part too. Hear, hear it again in, in, I'm going to read this section. This is what they're supposed to do. They bring the proof, they set it down, they make that proclamation. And then they have to do this. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great and mighty and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. With that basket of proof sitting there, the person making the offering simply declares the truth. The truth that led to the place that they even had something to offer, which started, by the way, way before them. Our story is longer, with a ton more details. It's contained in this book and in our lives. When we're making our offering, we need to remind ourselves that God created it all. He saved Noah. He called Abraham. He remained faithful to Israel from the time, from their time in Egypt, through the Exodus, through the dark times of the judges, through all kinds of rebellion, through the years of silence when the prophets even stopped talking. God remained faithful in all that. And then he came, and then he died for us, and he rose for us, and he ascended for us, and he redeemed us, and saved us, and adopted us, and made us his own, and he chose to dwell in us in the Holy Spirit. And he has blessed us to this point, and he has met our needs. That's how and why we're standing here. He did all that. We did not. And with this proof... This basket of food, this check, this work project, I am declaring God's faithfulness and remembering that he was faithful and good to me even when I was unfaithful, even before, way before I was born. We are to bring our first fruits and lay them before God and remember his faithfulness. The next and final component of this offering, after recognizing his blessing, after obeying, after observing, uh, offering the first fruits while proclaiming God's blessings, after remembering and bearing witness to God's faithfulness, with the proof of all that sitting before the presence of God, we are to, in the final step, we are to worship God and rejoice in all the good the Lord our God has given to us. It's a celebration. Too frequently we think of offering, we, we wrongly confuse it with the word sacrifice. Offerings were intended to draw the one making the offering close to Yahweh, 
to recognize him in his glory. Offerings were expressions of a desire to be near him, to be clean, to be before him, to be in his presence. The idea of sacrifice is giving something up. This is the first, this isn't the first fruits sacrifice. This is the first fruits offering. It is a time of worship and thanksgiving and rejoicing as we draw into the presence of God, remembering who he is and what he has done and seeing the very proof of it. Now that was kind of the overview of the first fruits offering. And I hope that you can see how incorporating components of this first fruit offering into all of your giving will make it so much richer. I'm, I'm not, I, I have in mind someone dropping something back here in there and going, I'm declaring proof of God's blessing. That's not what I'm talking about. But that's the spirit. Can, certainly, you can give for a bunch of reasons and in a whole bunch of ways. And there are many components of giving. The scriptures are full of them. However, in incorporating the components of giving that we see in the first fruits offering will make your giving even more special. So I encourage you to next time you give of your time or you put something in those boxes back there or you write out a check for a ministry that you do the following. Recognize that all that you have is a blessing from God, including the air, including your ability to think, including the last thing you ate. Dwell on that for a moment. Then obey God's commands to give, not out of begrudging, this is what I'm supposed to do every month, not out of begrudging compliance, but out of recognition that doing what God, the God who cares for you, tells you to do is both the best thing to do and an expression of your love and respect for him. And as, as you write that check or as you spend that time serving, do so aware that there is more behind whatever is being offered because God is going to continue to provide and bless. That's just what he does. And when you drop that check in or you hit that nail or you deliver that meal, say to yourself, this is proof of God's blessing me. Revel in that. Cling to that. And take the time to remember his faithfulness, even recounting the specifics of how it is that you are where you are, that you stand saved, waiting to go to, into the kingdom of God, that you have anything to offer. And after all that, after processing all that, let your heart flow in worship and rejoicing as you say, thank you, God. You are amazing. And I love you. Receive this offering. Hallelujah. Celebrate. Let's pray. Father, you have blessed us beyond measure. There is no doubt about that. Whether it's our 
physical needs or our need for oxygen in the next second. You've blessed us with life eternal through your son, Jesus. You've blessed us with hope. Lord, help us to make our gifts and our offerings things that bring pleasure and glory to you. In the name of Jesus, amen.